Well, good morning. Welcome to the worship of God at Northside Drive Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we bring our joy and whatever concerns we've had this week into this new week, uh, let's bring our joy uh, for hymn 99. We'll be singing in a moment. We'll ask you to stand. When morning gilds the skies, my heart awaking cries. May Jesus Christ be praised, alike at work and prayer. The hymn calls us to a fully integrated life of worship in all the settings that life brings. May we bear that in mind as we sing hymn 99 and stand to our feet. Please join me in our litany of invitation and confession. With great gratitude and joy, we come to worship the living God. If we are honest, we'll admit that our pride and vanity have kept us from a closer walk with God. We confess that we have exalted ourselves more often than seeking humbleness. In our ceaseless pursuit of honor, we have 
Sisters and brothers, God meets us where we are, in this time and in this place. God has forgiven us and loves us. Let us lift our voices in praise to God. Welcome again to the worship of God at Northside Drive Baptist Church. We're so glad that you're with us. Especially welcome visitors with us, and we invite you to tear off the form that's at the edge of your order of worship and to pass that into the offering plate during that portion of the service. We'd love to know more about you and reach out to you. And also, for anyone who has a prayer concern, on the back side of that same form, you can put down your prayer request, put that in the offering plate, and it's our honor on Tuesday as we gather together as a staff to pray for all the people and things that have been raised in those prayer requests. Senior Pastor James Lampkin and Liz are in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, visiting family and grandchildren, two new grandchildren. Well, one's not new, one's one is new, I should say. And they're with them now, so we pray for a safe uh, return journey uh, tomorrow. Uh, much to pray for as Hurricane Dorian bears down. Uh, we don't know where that will land. For another mass shooting in America, much to pray for. And uh, you all bring your own concerns this morning. May the scriptures that you hear uh, speak to you in your own way. One of the themes of the scriptures that you'll hear is uh, welcoming the stranger, moving away from exalting yourself towards a life of, of humble service for others. You'll hear that in Hebrews, uh, which calls upon us to not neglect the entertainment of strangers. Some of them may indeed be angels, the scripture says. And then the Gospel of Luke, which I'll be preaching from this morning, is a parable about those who exalt themselves. They'll be humbled. Those who humble themselves in this life will be exalted. May we hear the word of God in song and in our hearts and in the word as you hear these scriptures. reading from a psalm. The psalmist tells of God's desire that God's people listen and follow God. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Then I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him, and their doom would last forever. I would feed you with the finest of the wheat, and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Here ends the first lesson. Now, please join me in prayer. 
Dear God, on this beautiful first day in September, we gather here in this sacred space to worship you, our creator, our guide, our friend, our Lord. As we have entered worship here this day, we now come to meet you, to step into the holy with our hearts, our minds, our whole selves. God, on this day, a morning and a weekend made to give us pause, to take a break, we ask you in this time of prayer to give us pause and bring your peace to us. Your peace that can fill our hearts and settle our minds, calm our thoughts and move our souls. Lord, that peace, your peace, we pray for it to wrap us up, hold us fast and draw us in your tether so that we may pause and pray and speak to you the words on our hearts this day. Hearts all too often full of words, but not a word of you. Hearts full of words of, not of assurance, but of worry. Hearts full of words not of trust, but of doubt. Hearts full of words not of joy, but of sorrow. Hearts full of words not of kindness, but of indifference. Hearts full of so much, Lord, but yet not full of you. We pray for your wholeness and your healing, Lord, in our hearts and in the hearts of all your children, in the hearts of our leaders, in the hearts of our neighbors, in the hearts of our families, in the hearts of our friends, in the hearts of our children, in the hearts of our colleagues, in the hearts of all your people, Lord. We pray you come and fill us with your love, your peace, your forgiveness, and your grace. With a fullness of heart that only you can give, we pray that you might send us strength to care for those in this world who cannot care for themselves, like those immigrants caught in the crisis on our country's southern border. Give us strength and compassion of character, stirring our hearts to action and generosity. We pray that you fill our hearts with a spirit of thankfulness to make us truly grateful for the home we have in this beautiful world you have created. Grant us a steward's heart to care for your good creation and send your healing to the rainforest damage and the wildfires. We pray your fullness, Lord, for your whole world and for each one here and far, for full healing, full strength, full lives, full relationships, full forgiveness, full compassion, full thankfulness, and full love. Oh Lord, we pray in your mercy that you hear our prayers. Fill us, forgive us, guide us and love us today and every day. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. A reading from Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, 
I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Who can anyone, what can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through him then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God that is the first fruits of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Here ends the second lesson. Children, I invite you all to come forward for our time together this morning. We'll sit right here. Good morning. I like your lemons. Those are cute. Good to see you. Sit by me. Come on, Leah, you can sit here. You want to sit here? Hi. Okay. Well, this morning, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit of a story because later on in our sermon, we're going to hear kind of a story about Jesus, I think. And we're going to talk about a little story that Jesus told. And he kind of told this story about who was invited to a party. And he kind of went over who was in and who was out, who was on the guest list and where they should be. Now today, I want And he said it was okay if I tell you this story. So this is a picture, Leah, show everybody, of Aaron's first grade class. And Aaron's right here. And this is his teacher, Miss Rush. Now, this is his teacher, who is his teacher for half of first grade, because we didn't meet Miss Rush until we moved to our new house. And when we moved to our new house in the middle of the school year, after Christmas break, Aaron started going to a new school. And so when he did,
Jesus tells his followers to humble themselves, a reading from the Gospel according to Luke. On one occasion when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come to you and say, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the gospel of the Lord. Be Have you noticed that people are so humbled these days? I mean, it's amazing how humble people are. Super humbled, a soccer player says after winning player of the year. A musician wins a video music award and says she is humbled. I'm deeply humbled, beyond humbled, stars say every year after winning an Oscar. You know, even Popeyes got in on the humble party lately some of you may have heard that there was this big competition between Chick-fil-A and Popeyes about who has the better chicken sandwich. And so many people went to Popeyes last week to try their new chicken sandwich that they actually ran out of chicken sandwiches, I think for maybe an entire month. Their inventory was exhausted. So they issued a press release and Popeyes told their fans that they are truly humbled grateful for their support. I, I've noticed people are so humbled these days. It is such a humbling time in which we live that there's an, even a new humble way to brag about an accomplishment in your life. H have you heard of this? It's called the humble brag. The humble brag has been defined as bragging masked by a complaint or humility. So instead of saying, I am the most important worker at my job, people might say, why do I always get asked to work on the most important assignment? Or instead of saying, I'm very efficient at my job, a person might say, I work so fast that I am bored the rest of the day. That's a humble brag. And I don't know if they had the humble brag in Jesus' time, but there were certainly a lot of people who were exalting themselves. We meet some folks who liked exalting themselves at the home of a Pharisee leader. Here is the scene. 
Jesus is invited to a meal on the Sabbath at one of the leaders of the Pharisees' homes. And Luke says they were watching him closely. They were not waiting for him to teach them how to live or to preach the gospel. They were watching him closely to see if he violated their customs and regulations about the Sabbath. And Jesus returns the favor. Just as they were watching him closely to see how he will violate their rules, Jesus is watching them closely to see how they will reveal what they value most. And what he sees is a typical dinner arrangement for the first century, a carefully regulated seating chart where everybody knew where to sit based on their pecking order in the social world of the Pharisees. And he's noticing this, and he, he sees how the guests choose the seats of honor, Luke tells us. And he tells them a parable. It is an odd sort of parable because it is really just a commentary on what Jesus had just witnessed happen in the room. He tells them, don't sit down at the place of honor, but sit at the lowest place. Well, somebody should have told Jesus, that is not the way things are supposed to work. We all know that seats of honor exist because we need a pecking order in society. Because when we reach a certain level in our social world, it is time to get honored, don't you think? When I'm at the airport, I'm right there with the rest of the masses of humanity jockeying for position on those tiny little seats. And I thought I'd hit the big time a few years ago when I reach Delta Silver Medallion. In reality, that's the entry level. And above me is this Byzantine list, Sky Priority, Delta Comfort, Delta Premium Select, and now Delta One. And of course, I'm lording it all over those who just have the economy seats, and the only difference is I get to board 45 seconds before they do. Excuse me. Silver medallion coming through. And if you contribute money to institutions, you get the seat of honor, don't you? The New York Philharmonic, I looked this up. I don't want to touch too close to home with the Atlanta Symphony. It offers 11 tiers of support. 11. From a mere supporter to a supporting patron to the sustaining patron. If you are a sustaining patron, among the many benefits you get is a seat of honor at the Cathedral Church of St. John the Divine in the reserved VIP section for the annual Memorial Day concert. And of course, weddings have their own rituals of honor, don't they? There is the maid or matron of honor. She is supposed to stand next to the bride and be the head of the bridesmaids. And the groom gets his best man. All the other groomsmen are just window dressing, right? I'd like to attend a wedding just once where there was a maid of dishonor. <laughs> or instead of the best man, we get the worst man. Everything gets flipped on its head. And I think that's what Jesus was up to. He kind of suggests something like this, really, in his next parable. He's got their attention with this seat of honor parable. And they are kind of squirming in their seats because he's, he's talking about what they're doing right in front of him. And he says to them, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, that they, they shouldn't invite your friends and your relatives in case they might invite you over later, and you'll get repaid. 
Invite those people who cannot pay you back, he says, the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Now, it is important to remember that Jesus is telling a parable. He is not saying that you cannot have lunch with your friends or your relatives. Jesus had meals with all his friends all the time. You might have heard of a really big one. It's called the Last Supper. So it's not literal, but it is, it is talk about inviting those you can't repay as a parable because that is how the kingdom of God is. In the world of human ambition and vanity, we only associate with those who can engage in that little human game called quid pro quo. If I give you something, then you give me something in return. If I invite you over to dinner, I expect I'll get invited over to your house sometime too. If I throw a party, I do it because you're either going to throw me one or my social standing will skyrocket because I'm the kind of guy that throws extravagant parties. Not so in the kingdom, Jesus says. In the kingdom, there is this party going on all the time, and everybody is invited. And perhaps you would never expect to break bread with some people who are right there by your side in the kingdom. The Gospel of Luke tells us right from the start that God had a different plan in store for the kingdom. You remember when Mary met her cousin Elizabeth, she sang that song of God's humbling and exaltation. Mary sang, He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Those who have lived their life on earth exalting themselves will be humbled in the world to come, and those who humble themselves will be exalted, Jesus says. And, and Jesus should know because he lived a life of humbling like no other. Jesus was the incarnate Son of God, but he was born into a lowly Galilean family of little to no means. He was not royalty, although he was descended from the line of King David. He held no office or political title, and yet he was the Messiah. He didn't know any senators or procurators or emperors, but who could have pulled some weight at his trial to get him off, and yet he could have called down legions of angels to save himself. One day in the life of this Jesus, the mother of James and John came to see him with a very special request. She asked Jesus, declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. And Jesus answered, you do not know what you're asking. She was asking for them to be exalted, but Jesus had called them to a life of humble service. She was asking that they become sustaining patrons with VIP seating, Delta Priority One in the kingdom of God. But it would take a cross and resurrection for them to see that there are no sustaining patrons in the kingdom of God. There are only servants. Jesus never lacked for any power, power infinitely beyond what you and I would ever have, and yet he was called by God to empty himself of that power. You know that passage in Paul's letter to the Philippians, the Christ hymn, where Paul urges us to have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, that same Christ Jesus who emptied himself 
taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Paul says, therefore, God, who also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. To have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus means that we cannot seek after our own glorification and our own honor. So you might be asking after hearing this parable, how might I apply that in my life this week? I'd say spend some time, and I will too, in honest reflection about these questions. There might be other ones, but here are some suggested questions to reflect upon. How much time do you spend working on your standing in the social world in which you live and move? When you really get riled up about something, how much of that has to do with how other people think of you? How much of your life is engaged in impression management? You know, impression management, that's when you're always trying to control what impression other people have of you. And if you want to exalt yourself, you can really work hard at impression management. You'll have lots of opportunities for exaltation. But, you know, give yourself grace if you admit that you do like to exalt yourself. It just means you're one of us. You're human. You're a sinner. In a, in a few moments, we'll have an opportunity to reflect on our status as such when we celebrate Holy Communion. When the broken body of Jesus is passed to you and the blood which has been poured out for you in the cup is given to you, Know that the one who brings eternal life came to live and die as a servant, a lowly servant, and it doesn't matter what you've done in life. You could be a CEO of a company, you could be the wealthiest person in your town, or you could be homeless and destitute, not a penny to your name. Before the Lord of all creation, you are children of the living God. And we won't get to take our titles and our degrees, and our 401ks, and our CDs, and our annuities, and our homes, and our accomplishments to heaven, we'll just get to take ourselves. And when we arrive at the banquet feast of God, the truth is there is no seating chart. There will be no seats of honor except for one, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is seated at the right hand of the Father. And there will be room enough for everyone in attendance, a seat for each who attend, because to be in the eternal presence of the living God is exaltation enough. Amen. Amen.
but an opportunity for people to respond to the message that they've heard. Perhaps that's a decision to join our church, to give your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you have something you'd like to pray about. You can come forward during the hymn. We'll sing it together. It will be hymn 768. Notice how it starts. I come with joy. I come with joy. And then it moves to communion together where there is no division. We bring ourselves and then we are one in the body of Christ. Think on these things as we sing 768 and we stand to our feet. announcements and celebrations and concerns to you this morning. Um, first, the new pinnacle is out. It has some of the things I'll be telling you about, including um, next Sunday, we will have our back-to-school breakfast and the blessing of the backpacks. That's detailed on the front of the pinnacle. So bring your favorite breakfast item to share. We'll meet in the fellowship hall directly below us at 9.30 next Sunday. And then our worship will begin in the sanctuary. So this will be our last Sunday in the chapel for the summer. So we'll meet in the sanctuary next Sunday and have the church school kickoff. And parents with children, bring your backpacks for the children. We'll bless them and bless the children. Uh, deacon ordination is coming up on the Sunday after that. That's September 15th. Jenny Hedrick, my wife, and Sabrina Thomas will be ordained on the 15th. 
Also on the 15th, Marty Cope will be doing the last uh, photographic session for our directory. So if you haven't gotten your photo taken yet, that'll be your, your last opportunity for the year to do so. Um, also on that same day in the 15th, a lot's happening on the 15th, there'll be a concert. Les Trois-Bois will be uh, uh, here at the Northside Drive Baptist Church at 3 p.m. So make plans to come to that. It, Several prayer concerns to bring to you this morning. First, for Nancy Davis, whom I saw at Lindbrook. You know, she's rehabilitating from a fracture. I preached the Vesper service. I saw Joan McIntyre, and I saw Nancy, and we had a wonderful time together. And uh, although tearful because of the great frustration that it's been to be separated from the church, she was joyful to hear of your prayers and to be lifted up by how many prayers there have been for her and each time she's touched it really raises her up. Some sad news of our former member, Barry Love, who died uh, after struggling with lung cancer. His burial will be on September 14th. More information, you can see me about that. And of course, as I mentioned in the opening, we continue to pray for this unpredictable Hurricane Dorian, where it will land, what devastation it will uh, create, and for another mass shooting. Prayers for those, whatever they may be. Prayers for you. We lift them up. And Keith will help us continue our worship and our prayer by singing How Great Thou Art. Thanks, Keith.
At this time, we'll observe the service of Holy Communion, and you'll find the printout as an insert in your order of worship. We'll take communion seated in the pews, and uh, the words are printed on your insert. Well, let's speak responsibly together. The peace of Christ be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, therefore we praise you joining our voices with all the company of heaven who forever proclaim the glory of your name, singing... be seated. On the night of Jesus' suffering and death, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup. And after, after giving thanks, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. We celebrate the memorial of Christ's redeeming gift, O God, through this meal that speaks of both sacrifice and thanksgiving. Recalling Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection, we celebrate these holy mysteries. Sanctify us and your entire church that we may remain faithful in love and hope as we follow Jesus Christ our Lord. And hear us, O God, as we join together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. 
the gifts of God for the people of God. All of God's people are welcome at this table. Take these gifts in remembrance that Christ died and was raised, and therefore let us come to the table in thanksgiving and in hope. said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
As Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us stand for prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks for having refreshed us at your table as we have celebrated the presence of Christ. Deepen our faith, increase our love for one another, and send us forth into the world in strength and in peace, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. fellowship of God the Father, and as you go, remember, in the goodness of God, you were born into this world. By the grace of God, you have been kept all the day long, even until this hour, and by the love of God fully revealed in the face of Jesus, you are being redeemed. Amen. Brother, thank you.